What do you got in your hand there, Jacob? <laughs> you know, I like to keep it between my legs. It's a peachy mango okay. puff. <laughs> Brother, I'm not sure if you realize, but that is the first time anybody has ever seen this can, this oh, flavor. <laughs> I, no I didn't realize we were going to have it on the podcast today. That makes this even more exciting. I think you're actually the first one to officially crack a peach mango puff. It's delicious. It's like... I was surprised. I was like, oh, energy drink at 8 a.m. I don't know about that. And I'm like, oh, that works. Wait, that's prime time, dude. <laughs> if anything, you're late. Jacob's usually eating like 10 Snickers bars right now instead of Twix. 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 Yeah, yeah. Twix. That is so, the most bizarre engagement or interaction I've had with Jacob over the years and years of us working together. This man just eats Twix chocolate bars. I'm not a big breakfast person. In the morning. Then why? I need the sugar kick. But I, okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Danish baker in him. You know. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're gonna get into mango puff here. What's the actual name? So it's peach. Okay. Peach. Peachy mango. First puff. week. Peachy mango puff. It's peach mango puff, and then after a week, it becomes peach mango. I know it sounds a little irresponsible that I didn't know that name without asking Joe of all people, but <laughs> <laughs> we that can and this flavor has changed so much in the last six months that i can't even keep my story straight but i'm telling you guys gentlemen if we thought that cherry slushy was a great launch and then before that blue raspberry peachy mango puff has got some serious weight and some kick behind it genuinely might be top two for me now just slightly edging out cherry slushy and i'm gonna drink one on this podcast but we got a lot to talk about. So we're going to get all to the big topics in due time. But we've got the head of esports, VP of esports here, the official title, Jacob Toft Anderson, joining us just because Valorant is a hot topic for 100 Thieves, for the community more broadly, for my personal interest right now with how much I've been streaming the game. I know last episode we predominantly talked about Valorant, among other things. We're not going to talk about Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul again because <laughs> I'll Joe tell you Biden. what, you guys certainly did not agree with my comments on the last episode, but you know, <laughs> hey, everybody's got an opinion, dude. Really? Yeah. I'll, I'll come out and say it. I'll alienate the entire audience right off the bat then. I agreed with every viewpoint you had, and I think he's despicable. All right. Well, there we go. We don't maybe, have to... we, maybe we sub Jacob out. <laughs> yes, man, Jacob. Yes, listen, man. listen. No, no, no. We need to pander to the comments, brother. Yeah, yo, you guys brought up some really valid points that I'm a simp, beta male cuck. Completely agree. I got a lot of, uh, Joe, well, you're, uh, how are you so ignorant about politics? I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I know this guy's old as shit, all right? The only thing I'll say, even though I just said I wasn't going to talk about it, that video of Nina talking about needing a sausage <laughs> did make me make slightly lot. uncomfortable. Starting to make sense, isn't it? Uh, well, <laughs> well, I got to say this. Uh, I am from Denmark, and Nina is from Denmark, so, you know, we got each She's other. She's Danish? She's Danish. Yeah. yeah. English is our second language. All right, well, we got this track star from the U.S. talking about world championships and how the NBA <laughs> is not a world championship. You got somebody from Denmark now. Representing your entire country. <laughs> How do we feel? In the best way possible. Okay. Uh, but, yo, last thing, too, on that point. I really wish we would have known before we filmed that episode because I had no idea what made me even angrier about the entire situation, or more angry, 
Doesn't angrier sound kind of like, nah, it doesn't work. I thought both. Sometimes they say funner instead of more fun. Angrier is, I'm 90% sure is the correct use. You're making me more angry. Uh, (laughs) Dude, that fight is not until October. Yeah. Yeah. Brother, when we filmed that episode, I thought that the fight was that Saturday, like it normally is. You know, the press conference. I I know press conferences (laughs) normally happen weeks or months before, but... I had a brain fart for whatever reason with all that chatter. I thought that the fight was this, that coming Saturday. It's not till October. It makes me even more upset, angrier, more angry. Blew his proverbial load way too early. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jacob. It's just just these Danish people, you know, it's in their vernacular. Can't blame Nina. Jacob's primed and ready to go. Okay. Well, I would say to kick things off, I'm actually juvied and ready to go. Mango. Jacob, you're firing today. I love it. Okay, I want to talk about Valorant, and I want to talk about the guard, okay? (laughs) We've got the head of Valorant Esports, the global head of Valorant Esports, Leo, (laughs) who made a comment yesterday on the the entire situation, long story short, is the guard, they won Ascension in this past season, which automatically brings them up to the Premier League of sorts with the other 10 teams in North America. Mm-hmm. And this was Leo's explanation as to why the guard will not be competing next year. They won, but they will not be joining the franchise league and be playing at the highest level. Leo says, and I'm going to read the whole thing, even though I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen it. Hey, everyone, this situation is very unfortunate. None of us wanted this outcome. We designed Ascension hoping to see new teams and players joining our international leagues every year, and it's disheartening to see this happening in year one. That said, I want to share some of the details that led us here. Teams competing in Challengers knew what they were playing for since the start of the season. Every team that qualified for Ascension signed the team participation agreement prior to the start of the tournament, and signatures were held in escrow. I never heard of signatures being held in escrow. That's We did too. A very interesting caveat to just something I didn't know existed. Normally, it's only money when you're buying a house. It's in escrow. Or you're doing a big acquisition. It's in escrow. Immediately after the conclusion of Ascension, we started the onboarding process with the three winning teams, expecting them to release their expecting them to release the signature from escrow to finalize the promotion to the International League. Unfortunately, this was never completed by the guard. After two months and several follow-ups, we had to make a very hard decision in order to not compromise the start of next season. We want great organizations to participate in our sport and therefore hold every candidate to high standards. Team structure and professionalism are what allow the VCT to provide amazing career opportunities for pros and development and growth of the sport we all love. We hold that bar high both for partnered and ascended teams and also offer them the exact same benefits and then he put in parentheses, the only exception being a team brand and gun skin, which is only available for partner teams. Those benefits include a base stipend, financial incentives, prize pools, revenue share of the champion collection, and team-specific bundles. To address the particular situation, we considered three different options. We either allow these five players to be picked up by a new organization, or we promote the Ascension runner-up, or we don't promote any team at all. And they chose the latter, and here's the context as to why they chose the latter. With, our, with the way our path to pros designed, it's fair to assume that a free agent team might eventually get to challengers and even win Ascension. We want to see five friends and a dream making it all the way to the top, and we are prepared for that occasion. 
In case a free agent team makes it to an international league, the players would have an opportunity to find an organization that would support them in the international league. This particular situation is different, though, since the team that played through Challengers and Ascension under the guard banner and became a free agent after the fact. Allowing an acquisition by a different organization now opens the door for slots in the VCT to be sold, which we do not allow. The second situation we consider was promoting the runner-up M80. However, that was also uh, would create questionable precedents. The point of Ascension is to reward performance, and as great and talented as M80 is, qualifying a team that didn't win the tournament defeats that purpose. Promotion is earned in-game, not out of it. We're very, And that point is what I want you guys to focus on, that last sentence. Let me read that again. Promotion is earned in-game, not out of it. I mean, every reasoning that you brought up so far is bullshit, but please finish. Whoa, okay. Oh. Goddamn. I was going to come a little more political than that, but all right. This is the last paragraph, and I know this has been long-winded, everybody, but I want to make sure that we had everything uh, in front of us before we talked about it. We're very disappointed on behalf of the players who competed the whole season and won't be able to qualify as a team due to circumstances beyond their control. As painful as it is to make this decision, we have a responsibility to protect the integrity of the sport and we'll always do what's best for long-term. Wow. So So let's break it up. Let's start with the guard before we start really dissecting Riot and and Leo's reasoning. Uh, I think... And this ties into Riot, actually. I think everyone saw it coming that there is a likelihood of the guard not having the long-term investment into esports as a whole and certainly Valorant, um, and that this outcome shouldn't be surprising, right? Um, I, I'm not surprised. We've, we've seen what, what's happening in, in, um, in Call of Duty, and we saw the guard lay off like 90% of their workforce back in April. Um, it cannot come as a shock to anyone that this was a, a potential outcome. Um, that Riot didn't prepare for that, questionable. Um, then for the, for the first part of the solutions, um, I think it's just contradictory, right? Um, there is such a long off season, a whole nother topic that, that's frustrating. There's such a long off season and there is nothing suggesting that those five players shouldn't and couldn't go out and find a team to represent as free agents. The guard has already allowed them all to explore free agency. There's no precedent for them uh, suddenly selling the team. This is a you know a very unique situation, and for all accounting purposes, they could just be regarded as a as an amateur team that now needs to find an organization. There's already plenty of organizations that, by the way, has passed. Riot's vetting process that were ready and able to take them under their wings and continue into to the VCT. We're not even in September yet as of recording. And um, even if Riot was worried about the off-season window, which is September 11th, this should prove to be far, far, uh, far enough in advance for, for them to, to fix the situation, right? Um, and that I don't even think whatever team would pick them up would want to make any changes. So even this off-season window date doesn't really matter much. And we're you know we're nearing September. Season starts in January. I don't get any of that reasoning whatsoever. <laughs> if the guard had held them to employment contracts, that's a different tale entirely, 
right? But the guard isn't asking for anything. They're not asking any team for money. They're not objecting to allowing the players to go out and explore free agency, whether as a unit or individually. Like, the guard is just withdrawn entirely. So there's no issue. There's no legal issue. There's no ramifications for Riot. There's no uh, opening themselves up for potential lawsuits or anything of that sort. Um, and then, sorry, does this keep falling down? Yeah, I just got to tighten this up a little bit. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Okay. Well, hold on real quick, Jacob, because I, I want to get my two cents in here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me ask you a question. The guard roster right now mm-hmm. that won't be joining the international leagues, what five players is it entirely? Valen, Trent, Tex, Net, and who am I forgetting? Jonah P. And Valen and Trent were on the guard last year, correct? Like the original, the guard that the community knows and loves. Yeah. So it was Jonah P too, right? And Net. And Net. Yeah, Texas, the only, they, they replaced, I believe, Sia player, I want to say. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's a very complicated situation. And I'll tell you what, with the guard winning Ascension and EG winning the world championship, it's, Riot has not, they have not drawn a great hand uh, because of precedence they've set. But both those teams financially are not in a good place. Re- irregardless of that, and irregardless of all the points that Leo made. I've actually heard irregardless is not a word. But sorry, continue. Irregardless of that, I'm still going to use irregardless. <laughs> Bang. Bang. <laughs> on, on your head top. Listen, man. All politics, legal agreements, structure, format aside, I think everything that Leo said was moot. As soon as he displayed the idea of the Valorant sport is earned in-game by the players. These guys, the that three-core group with Net, Valen, Trent, these guys at one point were on top of like the Valorant world. They 13 owed us. They, they, they 13-0'd 100 Thieves, right? Can you <laughs> they, imagine? They blew, they blew up a roster. <laughs> they did. <laughs> the reason why I'm upset about the entire situation <laughs> is just because of what the players have to go through now. There's, under any circumstance, can you have that group of players, one, they can't get into the league because of the organization that they play for. They have no control over that even though that they were performing at the highest level time and time again, okay? Then that dream vanishes. It's gone. You finally get an opportunity to prove yourself against a million different teams in Ascension. I mean, you have to be playing at the highest level, performing at your peak individually, and have a million different things that are probably out of your control. Uh, Really what I mean is the other teams performing against you. They're all trying to compete for one spot, and you're telling me after weeks and months of scrimming and practice and preparation, and then you go and execute and you beat everybody. You had that dream snatched away from you. You worked your ass off. You made it back to this Ascension tournament. And then you win the whole damn thing. And you spend a month realizing that even though you had all these speed bumps, all these hurdles, all this just fucking pushback from the universe, and you came out on top... And you sit there with this dream finally has come true again. And then they wake up and find out that they're actually not going to be competing under any circumstance 
through social media, they found out and discovered that the, the dream has just been snatched out, the rug pulled out from underneath them again. Awful feeling. That's why I'm pissed off because, look, you, if your dream about challengers and ascension is you hope that five free agents randomly just strap up together and just win the whole damn thing, brother, it, it, it is inconceivably impossible for that to happen, because the way that it has always worked before there were even organizations a part of, I mean, this was at the same time as organizations were here from the beginning of esports in general, the, the, the best players rise to the top. And there's never going to be just a team of five players that are all uh, championship caliber. At the end of the day, those players one by one get siphoned off to other organizations, other teams that are more established. And that is just how you've always come up the ranks. So no matter what, what I think Leo is hoping for through Ascension and Challengers, the, the, you're looking at that through rose-tinted glasses. That will never happen. And so what these guys have done is just, it is so typical. I mean, they accomplished a feat that I don't think anybody would have expected them to. And now two times over, they have had the door shut on them. That's why I'm upset. Because you can't say that, these accomplishments and, and being in the league is earned in game and then not allow them to navigate this with some sort of freedom, whether it's another organization coming in and allowing them and the guard players to represent them or fuck it, riot, just fund the team yourself for one year and well, then figure it out from there. there. There's no way you can tell these players that they can't compete in this next stage of balance right. competition. It's just... It's mind-blowing to me. So just to play the devil's advocate on this, there is a... Um, it does create a, a fairly bad precedent if Riot suddenly has to, quote-unquote, babysit uh, these teams or put them on payroll and... Um, Brother, I don't disagree with that. I'm just throwing shit at the wall. My, the whole point is they Riot should be doing everything and anything that they can to that allow these five players to compete together next year. And I would say I would say this and it all ties together, right? There's so many things that 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 influence each other in in this whole debacle, but if the guard had proven wanting to keep these players on employment contracts, that's why Riot couldn't intervene and then those players would quote unquote be shit out of luck, right? And I think it, it's a bit of a wake-up call where um, players need to to think a lot about who they're getting into bed with, like namely organizations. Um, and I think it it um, it goes to show that you shouldn't just sign. No, with, man. No. no, no, no. no how does. how how can a how can a seventeen or eighteen year old kid have any foresight or any insight as to what is the right organization? Bro, if you're 17 years old and you get on a call with somebody who is a snake oil salesman and is just selling the dream, brother, you don't have enough experience in life and in business in any capacity of your of your situation to have like a North Star. No, I, I fully agree with that. And then but even it, like agents and management, a lot of times they don't have experience either and they're at the will of the player. So if the player says, yo... They, they should, by all accounts, have, have experience. And with the amount of money that's been invested into esports, this is no different than, than any other sport, right? Like, it is a dog-eat-dog -dog world. It's predatory. And the sooner people figure that out and understand how to navigate it, I'm not saying it's perfect. It's just the way the world is. And, and so... It shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that someone 
will always try and take advantage of a situation and put them, themselves in a better spot, whether it's organizations, players, <coughs> agents, whoever it is, in any any sense of of of, of life, really. It's, it's not an esports thing. It's every aspect of life. So I'm just saying there's good organizations, there's bad organizations. It sucks that there's bad organizations, right? Oh uh, and, and, and I agree, in the God's case, two years ago when these guys first signed on, you couldn't predict that um, a billionaire with the biggest sports team portfolio in the world wouldn't live, uh, wouldn't honor his word, wouldn't, you know, have the longevity in in his organization the way he does in football and baseball and American football and so forth and so forth right um so it's 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 a it's a really unique situation uh and we're at the the bottom of of the financial esports industry right now as well so everything's you know doom and gloom um but on the flip side of that riot also sh- you know they should want to have organizations rather than a mix of five guys that just plays out of a dorm room or whatever. Uh, and the reason for that is there is a hell of a lot of things that goes into being a VCT team that isn't just on the players, right? So as an example, when our team goes to play, there is a whole company behind them, whether it's content and social media, the day-to-day operations and logistical nightmare of all of that, accounting, leadership, everything, right? And there's so much more that goes into operating a team than just being five guys and a coach. Um, and and with the requirements that, that there is to VCT teams in terms of deliverables and um, making sure that everything is flowing in the day-to-day, um, it's it's not tenable for, for uh, even if they brought on a team manager or two. It, no, it, I, it won't function. I, so so Riot needs the organizations. The players need the organizations. I know. Uh, hold on, hold on. You're, I, I completely agree with all those points. But what they're talking about, say in this dream world, there's mm-hmm. five people, five free agents that come together, they win Ascension, and they get promoted. Mm-hmm. And Leo, in his statement, said that an organization would then pick them up. Yeah. Correct? And that's what they should have just stuck to and allowed the guard players to do in right now. Theoretically, can they still be all picked up? I would say so. Like the only thing that that hinders them from being picked up is riot, right? Yeah. I listen. The point that I'm trying to make is, it is a very complicated situation. But I, no I don't matter even what, think it is. no matter what, riot should be bending every bone, every muscle, every fiber of their being and their company to figure out how these five players compete together in the league next year. Them. There's no other way. There is no other way. Can there is, you, there is. No, 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 no. Hold on. I want to finish this. I, I just cannot fathom just being in that situation as one of those players. Uh, brother, they have sacrificed two years, of, three years of their life for Valorant and for this competition that they have embarked on. And they do everything they can, everything they can to get to this point, <laughs> And it just ripped away twice. I wouldn't know if twice. I, that part sucks, and the idea of competing. I don't know if necessarily if they like really sacrifice two years of their life though. They're what getting, do you mean? Getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to play Valorant, brother. <laughs> like, what has it, that? What does that have anything to do with it? I, I think like, they would. I, I I can't speak for the players, but in if I were in their shoes, I would give all that up in order f- for me to have the the shot at playing VCT next year. Oh, certainly. I, like, Paid back if I could, brother. But I'm playing devil's advocate here in the sense like riot because this all boils down again to the fact that like 
everybody's making their careers off Riot, and we're just beholden to them, and they, mm -hmm. uh, time and time again, just don't care about the players. I, I don't I don't think that's true either. Like, I, I get why the, the, the public sentiment right now is that Riot doesn't care, but I, I think Riot more so than anything, and I think really uh, this is a misconception across esports that everyone hate, hates on Riot and, and rags on Riot and whatnot. Uh, I think they're great for esports as a general note. I think what they've transformed, especially... Um, North American esports into in, in in the past decade is great. I think the the, the reason we've reached the highest that we have in esports uh, is is partially because of Riot, uh, and I think they they have done and are doing so much good for our space and our corner of the industry that I I just want I want to say that before I then you know go into the fact that cover your bases. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, <laughs> but I I genuinely believe that. Like I I, I truly am super appreciative of everything that Riot has brought. It's just, there are decision-making, and there will always be, you know, you make mistakes, There's, you know, it, it's a people-ran uh, business, and sometimes we'll just have to disagree on, on the outcomes. The problem is that um, when they do make mistakes, such as this one, that I think the entirety of the world thinks is a mistake, except Riot themselves, for whatever reason, uh, and they might have something that, that we cannot conceive or think of, uh, that that um, is the reason for it, um, but because they have this monopoly and because they're the ones who own and operate everything, um, we as a community, even as as partnership teams and whatnot, don't get to have much say on anything that goes on. We're just beholden to anything and everything they say, right? Um, and then uh, through public sentiment, hopefully we can make them more amenable to make sure that everyone in the industry is on the same page, players, teams, organizations, fans, everyone. Um, but it is a problem that there is a rights holder that holds that amount of power if they can't be trusted to make the right decisions on behalf of the sport as a whole, right? And, and that is, I think this is a clear-cut example of that. I want to uh, go back to what you said. Yeah, you don't think the players for the last two years have been sacrificing their time and efforts, and no, just because they're getting paid, the there's reason why they're of, getting paid is because they pro player talk only. So I'm offering a different opinion, just throwing it in there. Well, brother, I'll tell you what: for you who has never played professionally, exactly, that's the issue here. Is that there is ignorance around what these guys had to accomplish? Yeah, just the sheer adversity Riot... they had to face every single day. Odds stacked against them in every single way. You yeah. have hundreds of thousands of players that are trying to be in the position that they put themselves in through practice, teamwork, and and just things going their way, rounds going their way, the tournament play going their way. But they competed and they won. Yeah, I'm just saying I think, you know, we're still in the position where they got the door shut on them. So from Riot's perspective, like they probably are looking at it as like, Oh, these people, these kids are still making a career off our game, regardless of whether or not. They well, hold on now, because we keep saying game, but as Leo continues to say, sport, sport, yeah, sport. And but they, point they, being, and, but no, but they they continue to like talk about inclusion, and, and and this is universally an opportunity for anybody and everybody that has a computer and can play Valorant. That's what I'm saying. I agree that the players got fucked, but I just think that from Rise's perspective, like. I think there's definitely some arrogance tied to like their decision making because clearly it's not about like serving the community and like 
doing something more than just using esports as a marketing and arm for. Well, their I think game. there's a, there's a lot of um, honor in being able to recognize if you made a mistake, and I think you know uh, Riot certainly has a lot of opportunity here to just go back on their decision. Maybe they had the best intentions going into it and, and just like thought that their hands were tied and they, for whatever reason, maybe there's internal bureaucracy or whatever. Uh, maybe they just didn't see a better solution and now the public sentiment has gone against them to such an extent that now they've realized, oh, there's other ways of going about this and maybe we should change the, 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 the tide of things. Um, I don't know. Like, I certainly hope that they'll they'll change their mind, but maybe they won't. Leo seemed pretty set on that this is, is their perspective, even if I disagreed with his reasonings. I think you got to know what the outcome's going to be if you shut the door on. Look, at the kids. end of the day, I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this last night, and for whatever reason this morning, my brain is not firing, cannot connect thoughts as eloquently and as articulately as I would like to. But I don't have anything other to say than the fact... Um, these players deserve to compete in the league next year. And everything else is irrelevant to me. I don't care what bureaucracy is going on. I don't care what riot, what lens they're looking at this through. I don't care anybody else's opinion. I, I truly, I truly don't. And whether you sound you think that sounds ignorant or not, don't care. The five players, they fucking won goddamn ascension. Get them in the league. I don't care how you gotta do it. I don't care how you gotta do it, bro. They're, these these fucking kids deserve to play in the league next year. There's no other way. There, there's no other conversation to be had here. I don't care about fucking money. I don't care about the organizations. I don't care about the fucking politics. They won the goddamn tournament. Get them in the league. It's fucking insane. It's insane. You know how hard that is for those kids? You want to talk about Valorant as a game, Valorant as a sport? Bro, they literally did everything you asked them to. Let them play in the league. Let the boys play. <laughs> Let the boys play. It's insane. I got tripped up. I bro, I, I can't believe it. I can't I, I truly can't believe it. Let the players play. They won. They deserved it. They did everything that you needed them to do. And just because the organization, the Cronkey family, pulls out a, a multi-billion dollar sports ownership family, they decide this is not for them anymore. You're telling me that. The will of a uh, of a billionaire and your ability with the will of riot. I know that things have gone ass backwards, but there's it doesn't matter. Figure out a way for those five players to compete in the league next year. That's it. So we're a day after they theoretically can all be picked up. I believe that is the case. So in in terms of discussing Leo's other point, where Emady comes in and everything, and I know Matt has strong opinions on this, obviously. Um, if the guard had employment contracts in place with um, their five players that that rightfully earned the spot, and Riot couldn't intervene with that because you just can't legally, right? So let's say that that was the case, and now these five guard players just cannot be promoted. Leo's comment is that M80 doesn't deserve the spot because they didn't earn it. But I do think there's something to be said for the fact that if the first run or the first place winner cannot make it legal reasons or whatever else why not the second place winner that's where i disagree like, they I, lost it's not their problem no, but, they, to worry about. but they were they were the next best team none of this matters i, I i'm just saying I mean, none of it is important i i don't care if i sound like a caveman the five players yeah. won figure out a way to get them in the league 
I had to stay off Don't Twitter. Care. I had to stay off Twitter yesterday because I was getting triggered by the fact that everybody was like, oh, so this whole season was for nothing? Like, what about M80 and everybody else? I'm like, you guys all lost the guard. This is only about these five players yeah, yeah, but getting you, them. But you just got to think of it as if the guard, for whatever reason, these five players just cannot enter the league, right? Let, let, let's say they were in a legal bind with the guard organization that wouldn't allow them to go play VCT. That could be an outcome. It's not reality, but it could have been an outcome. I do think there's something to be said for the runner-up being the next in line, just like a monarchy, the next in line for the throne, where... They don't need it. Well, if the five players feel this bad now, can you imagine beating the shit out of M80 and then you're watching them compete instead yeah. of you next year? Guys, we don't need an 11 team in the league. You know? well, I, but, but I also disagree with that because the participation. Trophy. Then the comment about the longevity of the esport and, and everything. I think it's incredibly hurtful to to the professional player base and the North American scene uh, that has rightfully earned an an extra slot, whether it's through the guard or M80, M80 who's run up and also a North American team. There is five players, not not the specific five players. There are five spots for player contracts, professional player contracts that are now being removed from the North American scene for the next year, right? That is incredibly hurt, hurtful and, and taxing on the, the player base as a whole. It, it is a huge percentage of jobs. If you, if you look at it, there's realistically 25 player jobs as is for North American slash English speaking players in the VCT circuit. And there was gonna be 30 but now we're sticking to 25, whereas the other regions are actually adding, right? Um, and there are so many players out there competing for or, and fighting each other out for a spot next year's season, only to have another five slots removed, let alone every job that comes around that organization and everything, is incredibly detrimental to North American esports. Um, so, that's a fair point. Again, I, I want to say this I fully agree with Matt. I think those five players should be the ones getting the spot. But for, if they, for whatever reason, could not get that spot, I still think five other people or an organization as a whole should get it in their place. I think we got to think of the bigger picture here. And the bigger picture is everyone loses if we don't get a team in in that spot. That's, that's my take. Man, I, I hear you. I, I get it, but at the same time, I don't. Just as a player, as somebody that competed before, I, I just cannot fathom what those kids are feeling right now. And that's what hurts the most. Well, frankly, frankly speaking, Brother, it, it even benefits them, right? Like, There's it, nothing about this situation <laughs> that benefits them, to be clear. Guys, we're going down a rabbit hole, mm -hmm. and these are if we were really trying to analyze the situation, put ourselves in riot shoes, and put ourselves in the shoes of all the organization owners in the Americas, and what is best... How do we handle this? I get it. I get it. And I'm definitely being a little bit of a, a brute with how uh, absolute I'm being. I just think nothing else matters besides that these five players should be competing next year. Brother, can you imagine? I just can't. 17 years old, and I, I'm one of the best players on one of the best teams in the league in 2021, just showing out, or 2022, just putting everybody in their place winning tournaments, dominating on the international stage, and then find out that, oh, wait, because of Riot's new structure, I can't compete at the highest level anymore. But, oh, there's a new opportunity for me. I, I got to run it back. I got to go into this secondary league, this Challengers League, and prove that I'm one of the best players again. 
And uh, mind you, we need to continue to reinforce the fact that these kids are so young. And then they spend an entire offseason practicing, putting a team together. Mm-hmm. The amount of hours that they spend in the server scrimming day in and day out with no idea if this will ever pay off. And you could talk about that these players were getting paid by the guard or what have you. Doesn't matter. The reason that they're getting paid is because they proved themselves and they were in a position to be paid, which is the ultimate goal for a young kid who thinks, I can make professional gaming a career. And we can't hold that against them. So they spent another year putting this together, practicing day in, day out, 8 to 10 to 12-hour days. Then they finally get into this psychotic bracket where they have to do the same thing that they did last year. Now, again, versus hundreds of teams or tens. I don't know how many teams were competing in challengers, but there was a lot. In best of threes in Valorant? Bro, do you know how many things from all that preparation you have to go and execute, compete, and you need to be the best on every given day, every given map, every given round? And they did that time and time and time and time and time and time again. And they made it to the finals and they won it. And I know I sound like I'm repeating myself, but I just cannot fathom being in those kids' shoes right now. I I would be so upset, so sad, so unbelievably hurt. And now we're sitting here talking about uh, M80 potentially coming in or a riot and the reason why they did these things. It does none of it matters, bro. The riots doing their best. I get it. The players need to be competing next year. Figure out a way to do it. It's insane. Let the boys play. Let the boys play, <laughs> dude. What? I think technically, yeah. I again fully agree with everything you're saying. Obviously, but technically, even if the guard had come in, there was, as far as I know, nothing preventing the guard from just replacing the entire roster if they wanted to. So then we'd have the same problem, but differently. I must be crazy, man. I mean, <laughs> I must be crazy. When the there guard won, it's got to be something I'm not seeing. I'll tell you what. When the guard won, I think Rye was like, "Oh fuck, here we go." Because I mean, yeah, is the person at the guard still working that even knew that the signatures were an escrow? Like I, I they don't tripped, know. tripped him. All right, we don't have to get into this. But. Yeah, I, I think we should move on either way. But yeah, let the boys play. Let moral, the boys moral play. Moral of the story here. What do the five players say to the face? God damn, man. I wish I could speak a little bit better today, but I got a little bit of brain fog. I, 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 had, I, had, I had ammo last night. I had ammo last night, too. And whatever. But <laughs> I don't see, I can't. I just can't. This was the one day I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm going to be ready to go. I'm going to be reared up and I'm going to be dialed in. But I mean... This is so early for me, but the uh, peachy mango puff is pretty Yeah, cool. man. All right, let's go on to a lighter topic. We got the peachy mango puff. We got a brand new can. This is going to be an exclusive on-go puff for a short amount of time. And then we'll be re-releasing after the fact. But this will be exclusively available on GoPuff for a week. Yeah. So peach mango puff releases exclusively on uh, GoPuff nationwide Tuesday, September 5th. It'll be Peach Mango Puff for a week, and then it'll still be available, but on 9-12, that following Tuesday, you'll be able to buy it on Amazon and are owned and operated and all that, too. Ladies and gentlemen, I used to slug back orange peach mango juice dole straight out of Jewel Osco for any Midwest folks. I ran that. I, I would go through cartons of this. I don't drink juice much anymore, but... You ever have the Peach V8? 
No, I never drank V8 because I, when V8 first launched, it was all just like vegetables, and I'm like, dude, I ain't drinking that. And yeah, then they same. started adding fruit. I'm like, you ain't gonna catch me. You ain't getting me. No matter what you try to tell me in here, vegetables I'm not need doing a it. Brand. Vegetables need a rebrand. <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah. Jacob, you go work on produce. <laughs> rebrand them M80. <laughs> <laughs> M80. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guard produce, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh but I've learned throughout the last few the last year really uh since Juvie launched that for whatever reason it's really hard for me to describe taste, okay? But I'm telling you. Peachy mango puff. I don't know why I can't remember this. <laughs> Peachy mango puff is electric. Mango. We went through probably six different iterations of peachy mango puff. We uh, The first one tasted like peach rings straight out of a grocery store or 7-Eleven, the candy peach rings. They were amazing. But it it just didn't have enough of a mango. There wasn't a balance. And a, an exclusive peach flavor probably would have been fine. But the goal was to come out of here with a peach mango that serves both palettes of taste. Peaches. Um, Peaches. Brought you some peaches. Uh, and I'm telling you, man, we landed after six different iterations, and I feel like we finally landed in the perfect place. <laughs> Peachy Mango Puff is here, and it's here to stay. It's like LeBron when he went to the Heat. Not one. Not two. <laughs> not three. Although, you know, they, they didn't meet expectations, so maybe that's not the best analogy, but... <laughs> they won. They didn't get three, but they won. <laughs> Guys, Peachy Mango Puff, I promise you, you're going to love it. If you like peach and you like mango, even if you don't, Listen, Brooke AB, she don't eat fruit. She's a terrified of fruit, but I'm telling you, she'd love this. The shit's crack. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. it tastes like Trident Layers orange, but like more, I mean, blended and tailored to a drink format. Um, but I think a big thing, too, this is objectively my new favorite flavor, but part of that is like each flavor we release, like they're evolving, you know, and they're iterating and they're becoming just better and better based off of how we feel about them, how we feel about them after drinking them a bunch, how much you guys buy of each flavor. Um, and so I think each flavor continues to get better. The cans continue to get more unique. So uh, this one's a little more, it's got a little more punch to it. And uh, yeah, it's just great. Peachy Mango Puff. Boom. We're Mango. out here. Mango Blue Chew. Hey, you know what? We should talk about a topic that we haven't discussed yet. What? Valorant. <laughs> There's so much time into it. We haven't even talked about champs that just finished this weekend. There's also, I don't know if we want to get into that. There's apparently a lawsuit that involves one of our very own. I haven't talked to him about it. But. Cryo sells an exit. Uh huh. Okay. Well, listen, I'm going to try to be a little bit more vocal uh, or not vocal. We're I'm going to try to be a little bit more of a host on this or at least talk about my perspective of the world championship real quick. EG. Hell of a performance, man. Crazy. Nobody thought that team was even going to end up at the World Championships. And through us getting knifed by MIBR <laughs> and like a five-way tie, EG ends up making it to World Championships, obviously through their own play. But goddamn, as somebody who wasn't really watching a ton of other teams, I said this on stream, and if you guys watch the stream, I'm probably repeating myself, but... Prior to this World Championship, I really don't watch a lot of esports if 100 Thieves isn't playing. Uh, it's just because when you have something on the line and you're invested in a team or a player, if you watch traditional sports, you totally understand where I'm coming from. But it's just not as exciting to me if our team isn't competing. 
But with my recent Valorant re-addiction, I'm back on the I'm back on the rocks. My boy dude. relapsed. I'm, yeah, rehab didn't work, brother. <laughs> I need to clock back in because this game is just more addicting than anything I've experienced in my video game career. But now that I've been playing, I just decided like full stop. I'm going to watch some of these matches. Everybody asked me to do the watch parties. If I'm going to if I'm going to be sitting there on stream, I'd rather be playing. But when I'd be off the stream, I'd watch the games. And I actually think what Riot, for all the things that they've done wrong in the last couple of weeks, there's a lot of things that they've done right. The World Championship was amazing. Some incredible storylines with all the regions coming together. Mm-hmm. You got China, uh, you got China, the UK, Brazil, fucking Vietnam, goddamn uh, Singapore, everybody, everybody fighting it out, man. Uh, and that was de- definitely some like American geography perspective there. <laughs> Very but, nationalist of you. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm an idiot. And I'm sorry, but our school systems failed us. And uh, I got an excuse for everything. But these matches, brother, were just so good. Because what's crazy, too, about the different regions is that they have an entirely different approach about how they take a map on. Whether that's their composition uh, between the agents that they're playing with or how aggressive they are, how passive they are. Everybody is doing something different. Like, I watched the Fnatic DRX match, and I watched... DRX beat Fnatic 13 to 1 on on Bind and I think it might have been the best display of competitive Valorant I've ever seen. I mean, they were doing shit with Viper walls that I could have never anticipated. They were on defense, flashing through smokes with Sky, triple swinging. It was unbelievable and it really just shows you like if you only play ranked competitive like solo queue Valorant there is so much creativity that we're all missing out on because you can't coordinate with four random people that you get into queue with. Uh, and yesterday was actually my first experience five stacking with some players. And, you know, obviously we didn't really have a lot of coordination, but it was still fun to be able to like talk in game theory about how you're going to approach a round. And you're talking about just pattern recognition of what the other team is doing. No matter what, I, I just had so much fun watching that tournament, and I, I couldn't believe what I watched EG pull off. Like, their performances day in and day out, to lose to PRX in a very, very close best of three, uh, and then to play them in the finals once again, you know, that's a really hard, uh, that's a really hard task at, at or, uh, what's the phrase? Holy shit, my brain is not working. The task at hand after losing to a team and like winners finals is 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 pretty daunting, and to have to know you got to play them in a best of five. But EG was streaking so hard, they probably had all the confidence in the mm-hmm. world going into that match because a lot of the maps that they lost versus PRX were all OT. Just and that's the other thing. I think OT might need to be revamped a little bit in in Valorant. It's just one two rounds you got to win. Just feels a little coin flippy, but I don't know what the the right solution is there. But that's another topic for another day. All I'm trying to say is that EG showed out and they accomplished something that nobody ever thought they would months and months ago, and they deserve everything that came to them. Even seeing like Com's story about I, I, the night before they played the finals, I went over to his Twitter because a couple of those guys I hadn't really been following, and he dedicated that entire tournament and him winning one day to his uh, his grandpa who's no longer with us. And then you've got uh, Ethan, you know, obviously coming over for Counter-Strike, had some time here with 100 Thieves. And there were moments where I was frustrated with Ethan just because I think it limited on uh, roster opportunities that we had in the past. But overall, 
I never held anything against the guy as 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 an individual and his talent. And he turned into probably the best initiator in the entire world over these uh, over this last year. You know, he had a stint with NRG, uh, then made his way over to EG and just showed out. I mean, the guy looked literally unstoppable. The flashes, the information he would get for the team, the clutch situations, Dogamo with his fucking rays, just turn it up on everybody. Bustio, man, his interviews are electric. And a lot of guys, the night before, that when they lost to PRX, he said that, I played like shit, but it won't happen again. I'm going to show you guys what I'm made of the next day. Bro, this guy was hitting shots, clutching up. While he's an IGL, bro, the amount of like multitasking and brain capacity that actually takes to mm-hmm. like be calling for your team, and I'm sure he's got secondary help for Ethan, but to perform the way that he did in finals... I know Demon 1 was MVP, but Busio could have made a case for it as well. Calm 2, Ethan 2. That they 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 just ran so many fakes and their calls were just perfect. I mean, for us to be able to see uh, observing like what PRX was doing, it it almost it was like they had a, a a broadcast up in the back pocket or somebody in the ear because their timing was just immaculate. So, mm-hmm. just a hell of a performance, man. Like I I, I kind of fell in love with the fandom of PRX. That guy's something running Reyna on fucking Ascent. Uh, other maps, too, where I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. This guy's running. Uh, what, did he have Reyna on Split, <laughs> I think, too? Something. Or maybe it was Jet. Either way, like Reyna out of nowhere. I'm like, holy <laughs> yeah. fuck, this guy's dunking on people with an AWP. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And his his DPI, bro, he plays on like 1,600 DPI, like 0.4. He is wild. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. But, and then Jing, uh, is that, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. That's how I've been doing. Probably his last tournament because he's got to go to required military uh, contract for his country in Singapore. Uh, uh, man, it would have been a great story for him to win, but you know, either way, just a great world championship. It's great. The competition is just getting better and better and better. And the last thing I'll say before I let you guys go, because I know this has been really long winded, but the fact that we had Ascend win, Loud win, we had Fnatic win the last two tournaments, and now EG and America's team win the world championship. There's so much parity in the league. And it just makes me so excited for the future of competitive Valorant because and China being highly competitive already—that's yeah. scary. Well, that's the other thing that I didn't really understand is how, if Valorant wasn't released and ignorance here, I, I should know. But China—it wasn't released. How did they have Chinese teams at championships in the past? I don't. Well, now you're just making me look bad. I should know. Uh, I think they've been playing on like Singapore servers or something. Uh, I don't know, actually. Okay, great. Cut, cut All right. Out. I'm glad that I'm not the only idiot in the room. China. What? China. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Great contribution. So I, I'm just excited for the future. Uh, you know, this new map, Sunset, just came out. Uh, it'll be in competitive queue in a week. Who knows? Time will tell if the map is any good. But the changes to Breeze, I played them yesterday. Uh, are going to foster like a new era of competitive lineups for uh, this next year. I'm glad Fracture and Pearl. Hopefully those both get reworked to all hell because there is no hope right now for those maps to come back, in my opinion. But I'm just excited for the future of competitive Valorant and the teams that we're going to watch battle it out. Is Breeze in the comp pool already? Uh, I mean, it, yeah, it is. I played it. Yeah, okay. it is. Fuck yeah. Right, the changes good. are money. I think it's good. It used to be a very T-sided map, but now it's defense heavy. Mm-hmm in my opinion, but 
fuck, bro. That's coming from a hard stuck ascendant, <laughs> average gamer, small brain. Yeah, it was it was a beautiful event. Just to to chime in on on all the storylines. Obviously, EG coming from zero to hero throughout the year. The individual storylines. I think Ethan put out the tweet about all the the losses you have to endure in in order for you to to learn and grow. Right. Ethan had a, a rough season for for energy last year. Uh, so for him to to bounce back to to the to the level of skill that we know he has, and he had in Counter Strike, and he had for us as well. Um, the comms story, I think, is especially cool. Um, back when they banned BCJ, I think there's a lot of community sentiment around the fact that it should have been calm. Uh, and then for him to go on the biggest stage at the most pivotal of times and just continuously show out, be the most clutch player of all time, con- just spectacular performances... Uh, it really shot up all the critics. Beautiful. Uh, I, I'm, it's hard not to root for, for for the evil geniuses, guys. Every time Com would clutch on the YouTube live stream, the chat would just spam Com every time. That that really got Joe going. <laughs> I was like, all right, I shed I shed on the twelve year old veteran community like last week, but this gives me hope. This gives me hope, bro. That one B two he had versus PRX. Uh, I actually don't think that was the finals, but uh, when, yeah, when he ran up mid map, like just knife out, <laughs> sprinting, and then I thought he overflicked for a second, but got that second kill. That was just a wild play call. I think it was against Loud, the one, the Odin clutch he had with the classic from Boat. Uh, no, I was talking about when he was in a one v two and I'm ta- I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, okay. Dude, that, that guy has <laughs> a whole highlight clutches. reel. Him yeah. and him and Demon won both, obviously. Demon won oh. coming in mid season. Everyone knew he was like a, a demon, no pun intended, a demon on on the ladder and in scrims. But for them to then give him the opportunity and him to just have like the sickest headshot percentage I've ever seen, doubling most people and over 100 kills per series. And it was disgusting. Brother, that what, a, guy, what a guy. That guy plays on such a slow sense, but he makes it look so fast. It's so bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. He plays on 0.2. 800 DPI. I think he plays on 1600 DPI, but 0.1. Brother, he looks like he is cracked out of his mind. It, 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 something ain't adding up in my head. I just love, I love the obsession with the sensitivity. Yeah. For you're really getting into technicality. <laughs> well, you're like, brother, you're, like the, you're Moneyball Mike for, for player sensitivities. <laughs> well, it's so fascinating to me how everybody could be playing on such a different uh, level of comfort and with their sense, no, different mouse sure. pads, different mice. No, I, I agree. I just, just elite just aiming and centering. It's pretty. He's got some moxie, too. Yeah. Oh, bro. That final interview he mm-hmm. did. I'm the best fucking player in the league. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what exactly what he, I can't remember exactly what it was word for word, but bro, what a statement, bro. He, he did not give a fuck. No. And then last but not least with EG, I, I'm a sucker for the situation. Potter. Shout out Potter. Brother, that's the first time I think I've ever seen uh, a woman be a part of a tier one esport world championship or even major championship. Not not from like a a woman being involved with an organization, but being the head coach for this team. Mm -hmm. And she got so much slack earlier, whether it was this year or last year. Earlier this season. Earlier this season. 
And to be up against some of the best minds in Valorant and help bring that team a world championship. Yeah. Unreal. And her 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 interviews were amazing too. She's so well spoken. Yeah. I, I I was just floored by the entire thing. I was blown away. She actually uh started the inception of that lineup as a player herself, playing in a mixed team with Bustio. That's fucking sick. So that's how EG started two years ago when when uh We needed thirty for thirty on on Potter. For real. Shout out Potter. Yeah. And lastly, shout out our old head coach for League of Legends, who was the assistant coach on Evil Geniuses. Let's go, Zix. Tony Six. That spectacular. Changing games, such different games too. And then, you know, Tony has won DLCS, not for us, but for 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 CLG once upon a time. And for him to then go on and win the world championship in Valorant, I think that is an accomplishment in esports that uh really deserves a lot of recognition and praise. What but he a, dunked on mind. everybody. Huh? He he dunked on Absolutely. both communities. Are you Absolutely. kidding me? Multi-game world champ. Yeah, that's impressive. Are we gonna talk about 100 Thieves Valorant? If you want. Yeah. Happy to. Do we need to? I mean we can do it next week as well, or the week after, once we have more to talk about. I think just just to draw a big bit back to the the whole the guard and situation and everything. There's an off-season underways, obviously. Um, there's only... Assuming that the South American teams are recruiting predominantly or only South American players and the North American teams are recruiting North American players, um, there are 25 spots for, for players, <coughs> right? Um, there would have been 30. Um, 25? Or 10? Am I crazy? I just explained that there's 25 for the <laughs> north, 25 for the south. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you do this every week with this guy. Wait, but hold on. We got, we got. We are, hey, we're world, United States world champs, baby. I only we got think, Brazilian I only players. Think in these borders, I only think in these borders. We got Brazilian players playing on these five NA teams. What's to say yeah, that they won't go play for one of the Brazilian teams? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm sure it's just averaging outright. You know, uh, Joe, you're right. So. <laughs> It's and there's so many talented, capable players um, in all aspects, all aspects in all parts of the world, obviously. But just talking about North America, so it's an it's an interesting time um, with the guard no longer being a part of the ecosystem in the VCT. That makes it even more competitive for the players to land a spot on on these teams, right? Um, so we're going through through all of that. We're, we're turning every or leaving no st stone unturned. We obviously have um, a perspective on on which direction to to take the roster, um, but this is our job, right? From from a management and a, and a coaching perspective, it's our job to to leave no stone unturned and and really do our due diligence, look into every imaginable option that will put us in the best position next year. I don't envy your position, Jacob. Jacob the stonemason. stones over. There's a lot of times where I think back on 100 Thieves history and I think to myself, and I wish I would have had a stronger opinion on this roster or this player, yada, 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 and say, hey, my way or the highway. But it's ignorant for me to think as somebody – as successful as Jacob has been in, in not only his playing career, but as uh, a GM and just overall management, I'm like, this is what he does 24-7. This is the only thing he thinks about. This is his expertise. Why would I ever veto him on something that I just think as uh, like a knee-jerk reaction or recency bias when I see somebody play on stage? I'm like, oh, we got to get that guy. 
And I, again, I think back on those times, and I'm like, man, maybe I should have had a stronger opinion. But in situations like this, where I love all five players that we have, mm-hmm. to hear you say that no stone needs to go unturned, I completely agree. Just from a competitive offering, like what are we going to look like on stage next year? And does the roster we have today, can they beat teams like PRX? Can they beat EG in their current form? And I don't know the answer to that question. I think all five players are have the ability to play at that caliber. I don't think anybody's that different. Um, but yeah, you got to go and, and, and do your homework and see what the best fit is. And maybe it's five players sticking together. Maybe it's one leaving and somebody else coming in. I don't know the answer to that question. All I know is that I love our team and the personalities that have been uh, fueling our content, our highs, our lows on stage. You know, those are never easy to deal with. Uh, and they're not easy to deal with with the players. But esports is tough. There's a million players that are ready, revved up, ready to go, try to get, get, take an opportunity mm-hmm. and run with it. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But Jacob's only goal is to put the most competitive and the best iteration of a roster that he can put together for the 2024 season. And I think he's going to do everything he can to make that a reality. Look, you take bets and, and you know, you, you're going to fail often, <laughs> clearly as, as seen by, by our season across various titles. Last year, we, we did great. Um, but at the same time, like, sometimes a, a fairy tale like Evil Genius has happened, right? I don't think going into the season, anyone except for, for the Evil Geniuses themselves had much conviction that that would be a roster that would end up winning a world championship. Uh, and, and I'm sure even they would, uh, at the start of the season, question whether that was at all in the cards. Maybe success for them was qualifying for the world championship. Um, so when something like that happens, revisionist history will have you look back and say, why the fuck didn't we look at X, Y, and C, right? Like, why didn't we sign Demon 1? Why did we let Ethan go? All of these things... It's it's very easy to be uh, uh, a hindsight Harry, but it's just um, it, it's just the way it goes. In sports. How hard is it to win in esports? I think it's super hard, and then you know, but at the same time, I've won a lot in my career across <laughs> different titles. Legend. So, what's uh, up, Beast? Shout out, Malk, baby. <laughs> No, but it is super hard because then oh, so it was really hard for the guard to win in Mel- challengers, <laughs> and now they don't get to play. Milk me. Damn, you you really look, dog. I'm tizzed out on this. I'm upset. Yeah. Well, player owner, baby. Have you signed the petition? <laughs> this is the start of it. Yeah, at least for mine. Quite okay. I have a question too. Um, I think just for the audience' sake, I would imagine people are wondering, you know, coming off the heels of Call of Duty and and the state of esports, um, you know, what's that landscape looking like for Valorant? Because it is different. Frankly, spe- no. Frankly speaking, uh, in a lot of ways, it's the same, right? Yeah. So we had this conversation. What is that? Two months ago, a month and a half ago, around Call of Duty, on this very podcast. Shout out John Robinson, um, where we discussed specifically the financials around esports, mm-hmm. um, and the reality is that that Valorant is in the more or less exact same boat, where we have to be incredibly incredibly mindful of uh, our budgeting and making the most of every dollar, right? And, and so um, we, we already went through the card off season. I think that that has sort of served as a heads up to our 
the Valorant guys and our league guys down the road when that offseason really kicks off. Um, but but the reality is it's not us down-prioritizing Call of Duty. It's us putting equal emphasis on every title, meaning for Valorant, we we, we have to do the same exercise as we, as we did Call of Duty. Um, and I think most of the other teams are as well, right? Like the eSports winter, whether we like it or not, is still... Uh, Cold as hell. Yeah. yeah. Um, so bars. <laughs> it's it's just um, that that being said, like I can see that there's already a, a sort of an understanding and an expectation among the the professional players and their agents that years past are not representative of 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 the coming seasons, right? Um, and so they understand that the contracts aren't what they. Uh, used to be and i think most importantly for for all of them is that they want to compete next year yeah uh, and they want to compete on the um you know every player has um uh, different wants and, and needs but every kiss begins with k m-a-e-l-k <laughs> milk milk me Milk me, brother. I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last night, and they oh, kept yeah? making jokes about them getting milked or like their blood drawn. So. I haven't seen uh, it. Yet. No, but, no spoilers. But my point being, when I when I mentioned Some when I mentioned coconut milk, <laughs> yeah, two percent milk, goat milk. I sincerely hope we edit this out. Milk, 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 milk. Yo, you could have so many IGNs. <laughs> coconut milk. I'm changing my I'm changing my, my minute milk. But I, milk every, every time I came back from from holidays, <laughs> I would be strawberry milk because I'd be strawberry milk. Scolded, uh, my my body would just be so burned from from the sun. Well, you got fair skin. You got to put on that 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 suntan lotion, man. Yeah, shut up. You need like SPF a million. Yeah, but <laughs> when I mentioned to clarify too, because I said things are different. What I meant was not that we're and you corrected me in saying we're not overemphasizing Valorant over our other titles, but. We have have we seen a bit of a market correction already within Absolutely. Valorant? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so we're able to still actually go ahead. Sorry. We're getting to to a healthier spot where I think the understanding part was what has been the hardest part of my job over the past twelve months. Right? It is no fun calling up player after player, agent after agent, telling them, "Hey, you're used to this." Like no one wants to take a pay cut, right? I don't want to take a pay cut. You don't want to take a pay cut. The guy working 7-Eleven doesn't want to take a pay cut, as he shouldn't. No one wants to take a pay cut, right? Um, and and so to call up players and agents and have those conversations before they might even have realized that there's an esports winter looming uh, was especially tricky. So if you don't know now, you know, baby. Oh, for sure, for sure, and and they know now. <laughs> uh, and and so now don't ask for us no money, man. We ain't got it. <laughs> You ain't getting no bag from us, dude. You, you come here for some passion. We got lots of that. Yeah, and that's actually so. So that's what and, makes and the, milk. the passion is almost as good as cash, right? It's actually what makes the off season pretty pretty interesting and and um and and cool in in that you get to see who really wants it for the competition and for the brand and for the fans and who's more chasing a bag. Who wants to play for the name on the front and not the back, dude? That's what we want here. You like that? I like that. Hmm. I had to think about it for I a little stole while. Stole it. <laughs> what are you? What are you? What are you sign languaging over here, Wally? What's going on? Why are you shaking your head? No, now you were doing something. <laughs> Tony's Pizza. Tony's Pizza. 
What's going on? What's the problem? Oh, my God. What a day. What a day. All right, we'll save 100 Thieves Valor for another time when things are a little bit more set in stone. Yeah, everything's up in the air right now, I would say. Breeze is back. Fracturing Pearl out. Shout out Elon. Shout out Ben Affleck. Yeah, Ben Affleck and Elon Musk being there were not a part of my bingo book, and I wasn't sure if that was like a paid opportunity, if Riot just had an executive who is family friends with both of them and was asking as a favor to show up and show out. And there's a world that was real, but then all of a sudden, Ben Affleck and his kids are talking about he's a KO main, he knew about the jet nerfs. I'm like, either their PR team is unstoppable and they know exactly how to feed this guy, or he actually knows something or a little something about Valorant. I read that his kid is a massive, massive gamer. I love Ben Affleck. <laughs> Do you guys know the uh, artist uh, James Taylor? He was really big in the 70s. and No. We don't listen to country. In my mind, I'm gone go. to Carolina. <laughs> I just knew it was country. <laughs> How sweet it is to be loved by you. Oh, That's yeah. a great song. I don't think, it might not be him originally that wrote that. I don't know. JT. Down in Mexico. I don't know. Okay. You going to release an album? Doesn't matter. I have like a vintage James Taylor t-shirt. Uh, because my uncle used to play him in the van, and that you know that was obviously before Shazam. Yeah, he had a bro. He had a van with no windows, but he was a carpenter, so it made sense. Mm -hmm. But we rode in the back. <laughs> so we wouldn't come out for days. Uh, <laughs> long story short, I uh, he used to play James Taylor in the car, and I never knew who it was until my like early twenties when I was just listening to random playlists, and then I heard it, and like a light bulb went off. I was like, I unlocked a memory I didn't know I had. So then I went dive headfirst into James Taylor and had a lot of his songs just like on repeat, bro. Spotify, rewind, cue it up again. And I was streaming the other day and some kid in my chat came in. His name was like Kenny Taylor. I can't remember the name exactly. He's like, yo, Nate, are you a fan of James Taylor? Because I was wearing the vintage t-shirt. And I'm like, yeah, I love James Taylor. He's like, oh, that's my dad. I'm like, no wait, what the shit. fuck? Hold up, bro. Wait, you let me <laughs> let me. I I I, I alt tabbed out, VIP him in the chat, started playing James Taylor, just went on this fanfare, love, affectionate relationship with this kid for like five minutes on stream, and then all of a sudden I see the rest of the kids in the chat. They're like, "Yo, he's only got two two kids, and his name is like Rufus and Harry." <laughs> I'm like, "Wait, what's going on here, brother?" He's like, "Well, my dad's name is James Taylor." So this guy completely <laughs> found a loophole. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Ain't you Nathaniel B? Ain't you Nathaniel B? <laughs> no relationship to the songwriter and singer James Taylor, but I'm like, brother, I got got. So you're going to keep that VIP, and now I'll have a story to tell for a very, very long time. I, I really want to go to, uh, to Shout out James Taylor. a country music festival with you. With the whole getup and everything. We put on the hat, boots, everything. <laughs> just like one or two days of just... Pure country fun. You want to get a little mud on the tires? Sure. Whatever that means. <laughs> I've got some bit. No, that means exactly what it very literal. Oh, okay. Brad Paisley's got a great song. Let's get a little mud on the tires. Look, it's not my it's ballpark, but I think it'd be hella fun to do with you. To be out in the moonlight. I got one song I like. Baby lock them doors and turn, turn them lights down low. <laughs> I love the US of A. I like drinking beer with my friends. I feel like with AI, it could sort of correct your voice and you could release an album. 
my voice needs correcting? <laughs> you don't think I'm like, the songbird of the century? <laughs> I don't. I Drop that Midwest accent. There's hope for me, too. I'm trying to work it in as well. Eh. That Midwest, Midwest accent's never going to go away. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um, milk. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I need some milk. Thank God there was a lot of news in Valorant because I have not looked at anything other than the pixels on my monitor inside Valorant. I have no idea what's going on in the world. I had no other topics planned for today. I got no like, no clue. That Wackno guy crashed his plane. What? 100T high ground DBZ in drop. In Ukraine? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I never Russia. The Wagner Group. Yo, oh, yeah. listen. Uh, actually, last night I started, did not finish, because we go to bed at 9 o'clock. It's really starting to annoy me lately, but... <laughs> Good. You're the biggest proponent of going to sleep. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're years old, and you're going to bed at 9 p.m. <laughs> no, that my, all that valor, and he's starting to hit those demon hours, you know? Get that that late night stream when everybody else five is five-team deathmatch before I came here, brother. <laughs> I was beaming. I even haven't even had dinner at 9 p.m. Look... My point, what I, what I was trying to bring up is that Indiana Jones was finally released on Apple Plus for purchase. I bought the movie. We started it. And can I just say, The Irishman with Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro, they did this <laughs> technology where they made him look younger, but holy shit, did it not look good. I yeah. mean, I think it's because we've seen Robert De Niro in so many movies. They changed his eye color. Everything that they were trying to do just did not land for me very, very well. Still love the movie. It's long, but by Al- Union. <laughs> Sorry, Al Pacino. There you go. They made Harrison Ford young for the first thirty minutes of Indiana Jones, and I was blown away. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I know that there's a lot of stuff going on with SAG and the writers' strike, and people are really afraid. At least in the entertainment industry, actors and actresses are not being represented properly in the future because of AI and Disney and Secret Invasion, then Marvel using AI to make the intro. There's a whole list of problems there that I'm not going to dive into, but for what it's worth, if they can get that shit figured out, Harrison Ford, I couldn't believe. It was seamless, man. I I truly believe that that was Harrison Ford in his prime. It looked no different to me. Mm -hmm. It was... I couldn't believe it. You're yeah. an AI stand slipping up to our future overlords. Look, man, I think it's really, I think it's really uh, <laughs> misguided for us not to think that we shouldn't use AI to improve our life in some capacity or another in the future. Like, yes, is it a slippery slope depending on what industry you look at and just humanity as a whole? Yeah, which I'm, it's above my pay grade and Boston the impact it will have. But for me, watching Harrison Ford primetime, thirty minutes of the first act of Indiana Jones' new movie, it was electric, dude. It was so good. Nice. Why'd you only watch the first half of it? Because we went to bed. Oh. Haley wanted to go to... We actually went to bed at 8.30. We were in bed at 8.30. But got a good sleep score this last night. I got an 81, hmm. which was good. I don't know what that is. I've been tracking my sleep, which has been really... Uh, it's like if you have stomach problems, right? Mm-hmm tell you to do an elimination diet just start removing stuff see if it gets any better which takes a lot of time it's like a very arduous process for me because i don't eat a lot of different foods but with sleep it's pretty cool that i'm tracking it now with my apple watch and my aura ring and i can just tell how different my mood is and my energy levels and how my brain's firing depending on the score that i get so you got a good sleep score but you showed up with brain fog uh, you know what? I don't actually think it's brain fog. It's more so I'm just having a hard time. I think 
you being here, very thoughtful with your explanation. It was actually very helpful for the conversation to see both sides of it. But if I am being honest, I would actually love to like look back at Leo's statement because I had a lot of points that I brought mm -hmm. up to myself last night. Uh, and I just couldn't get it all out with everybody else talking, which is it's no harm, no foul. But for me, the sleep track has been great because I've been eliminating things at night. Um, like, oh, I'm not going to eat an hour before bed. Oh, I'm going to uh, try not to have a ton of sugar today. Like I gave up. I haven't I only had one Coke in the last like 14 days, which I'm pretty proud of. Um, so I'm trying to figure it out. Track your sleep, man. Kind of interesting. I'll try it. I've been having terrible sleeps with no AC still. Oof. Brother, you know it's going to be a high of 90 degrees today? You're fucked. It's, it's just been Come like bunk that. up with me, man. <laughs> I got AC pumping. That's very kind of you. Come on over, dude. Just don't look me in the eyes. <laughs> in Denmark, we have an expression for when, when someone goes to sleep in between two other people. We call it the butter hole. The mm. butter hole? The butter hole. So I just pictured Joe getting all cozy in between you and Haley. Then we're buttering up somebody's hole, or <laughs> Gary, Gary, it's, Gary it's, and Murph well, it's a it's a whole Don't thing. Don't disrespect them. We we, we have uh, in in Denmark we have this porridge that we eat for Christmas that we <laughs> sounds put, delicious. We porridge put butter in the sensor of it, and that's porridge? called the butter hole. And then somehow that got translated into the to the boudoir. The boudoir. Yeah. Is Foundation the show that you've been loving on Apple TV? Love it. I'm like six episodes in right now. Brother Don. Brother Day, Brother Dusk, mm -hmm. Foundation. Which which one do you think you are? <laughs> uh, are well, you OG? You're your, brother, OG your brother Day for sure. <laughs> you're OG Day for sure. Uh, I don't know, man. Depends on uh, which personality is coming out that day. What's what's the show about? Uh, it's basically uh, it's like uh, thousands and thousands of years in the future, and uh, there's something called the Empire, which is basically like the most dominant. I've seen Star Wars. Civilization. Uh, but the guy who started Empire basically set in stone that they were just going to genetically clone himself. And at all times, there's going to be uh, Brother Dawn, who is the youngest version, who's going to be next up to be Brother Day, who's current version, leading everything. He is the captain of the ship, the king of the castle. And then the former, who's Brother Dusk, uh, who's, you know, the old dusty of the versions of themselves. So it's like the, the advisor mentor. And then, and then you have uh, a group who's trying to dethrone empire and they're like mathematicians and they predict, they predict the future and events that are going to happen hundreds of years from now. And the show shows hundreds of years. It spans over the cross of hundreds of years um, about those predictions. They travel through space. It's, it's fucking awesome. It's basically like, when all the charades around the world ending in 2012, it's like if we actually like maybe believe that and then society just unraveled. Mm. We've talked about it a million times. A lot of people that have read the books don't like it because they don't think it. they've done a good job. But without reading the books, ignorance is bliss. And I actually think it's probably one of my favorite sci-fi shows I've ever seen. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I think it's great. And season two, it was normally hard to follow up. Such a good season one, I think, has been delivering on all accounts. Boom. Foundation. Boom. Okay. On your head top. I'll, I'll give it a... Butter bowl. I'll give Butter it a bowl. Butter hole. Porridge. Also, shout out Hunter T. Apparel and High Ground. Dragon Ball Z release. Today. Yeah, when this episode uh, films or releases, I'm sorry, we just dropped our collaborative uh, 
collection. We got like five, six different high ground keyboards and mouse pads. They introduced uh, a brand new performance keyboard, which uses magnetic switches that allows you to uh, change the actuation point on each individual switch. And I told this story to Russin and Ka, who are the co-founders of High Ground. Timmy was a really hard sell for us when we first started talking to him about High Ground because his dream at that time was always to be uh, sponsored by Logitech. This is for people that you guys have never seen like a behind the scenes how these conversations normally go. But High Ground was a new brand, and I obviously had a ton of conviction because we made the acquisition, but they're keyboards from uh, uh, the level that it could deliver at from a performance standpoint and technology, it was a bit behind, but that was because these guys started high ground out of a van with just two guys. And we acquired them. They started to grow, had more resources. And now uh, with how hard it was to sell Timmy on where we were at that point, I shit you not, bro. I had chills when we had the 100 Thieves block party and shout out to the events team, marketing, everybody really at 100 Thieves who put on an incredible event. I came here for a couple hours and I was blown away, but I digress. With Timmy, when I walked into the block party, this guy came up to me and was as spry as a, a, a baby fawn running through the woods looking for his mom or something. I don't know. <laughs> you can probably think of another analogy for spry. Jacob that was not when my he best. has his Snickers in the morning. I got to get to the fucking point. I'm sorry. <laughs> Timmy was over the moon about the performance keyboard. Unsolicited. Didn't even ask him about it. He brought it up. He's like, yo, are you using the performance Dragon Ball Z keyboard? And I'm like, no, why? It, uh, Joe brought it over, but I haven't fucked around with it yet. He's like, it's like cheating. You're cheating. Like, you counter-shaving in Valorant? You want to stop on a dime? You have a competitive advantage with this keyboard. So I was like, wait, wait, wait. Let me get mine updated. I did it the next day. This thing is unbelievable mm -hmm. but the high ground dbz and then 100 thieves apparel was incredible I, I i will give you guys a little bit more insider information it has been a little difficult uh for somebody who used to have dreams of doing a kamehameha in the hyperbolic time chamber dragon ball z I'm a super fan if you had told me seven years ago that we would have a collab together i would have told you you were crazy this is a dream come true and the apparel that we released i'm very proud of it but it's been a tough for me mentally just because, you know, we, we approved these things a year ago. So I've been sitting here waiting like 12, 14, 16 months, a year and a half to finally release what you guys are seeing today. And I'll tell you what, you're only getting half the collection. I can't go into further detail. Uh, you know, the, the tough part about doing collabs with uh, different IPs and licenses is that they have ultimately all the control about how their uh, image is represented, which is absolutely fair, as they should. You know, we don't own Dragon Ball Z. This has been around for decades. Like, it's not our place to tell them how it should be represented. But we were really, really close to getting some wild product approved, uh, something that you would have never seen, not only from us, but in many, many places, almost all places in, in, in the world of fashion. I, I, and I do not say that lightly. I, I was so excited for this but at the last second things kind of just fell apart but for what we have to offer today uh i think it's still an incredible cohesive drop and the marketing team both on high ground and apparel they did a fantastic job of seamlessly integrating all the products into the photo shoot and then shout out francis and the entire team that worked on the brand new website because you're going to be able to buy all products basically in like one landing page uh, from both brands. And so I'm really excited to see how the drop goes today. But 
it is a little bittersweet knowing what people could have been seeing today uh, mm. compared to what they're getting. But either way, the product's fantastic. Yeah. Exciting. Good shout out, Joe. Good job. Thanks. Uh, and then, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to to touch on the uh, the block party, the summer block party. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And uh, here's a controversial take. I was pulling up, my girl was dropping me off, and um, she makes the stereotypical comment of, can't wait to see 500 nerds in line. And I'm Jesus. like, you came to the right place. But then we pull up. <laughs> what the fuck? No, no, no. no. <laughs> let, let, let me get to the point here. I hope you do. Because, you know, I've been to uh, a lot of esports events throughout the years. I've been in this game over 20 years now. Um, <laughs> Can't imagine what those Dota events looked like back in 2002. <laughs> there is a there's a clip of me at the International. I'm sitting on the analyst desk, and I'm calling people out left, right, and center. I'm saying, y'all smell wear deodorant. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> I was I was not brought back on the panel ne- the following you year. You might not be ba- brought back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My my point is there are a lot of sweaty nerds out there. Um, <laughs> but I pulled up and I was surprised. Uh, and, and and this just speaks volumes to 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 our community. Everyone looked fresh and fit as fuck. Great turnout. Our fan base much cooler. Our community much cooler than the average nerd. Okay. Go in. We're at the block party. I'm having a good time, having beers with everyone, <laughs> ju- juvie, food, <laughs> everyone. It just seemed like such a. It was just a, a great gathering of people, and I, you know, you could have fooled me. I had no idea that we were at a, a gaming event. It was cool. Yeah, it's like a complex con. Hundred percent. I said this on stream though. Uh, there is a few people that I think were disappointed that they weren't able to get a signature or photo with me, which I'm I'm flattered. I truly am. Uh, I, I I I like I said I talked about it on stream, but for people that uh, felt like they were burned because uh, you know I didn't get to see everybody, I was there for like two hours. I'll tell you what, this is just me being completely transparent with you guys. Although I've matured quite a bit and I'm definitely not as socially awkward as I was when I was like 16 years old, I still have a really hard time with big events that have a lot of people. Uh, that's why I don't go to concerts. That's why I don't go to a lot of parties anymore. And the la- like, I couldn't tell you how many parties I've been to in the last like two years. For whatever reason, I feel like I've kind of regressed socially in that from that standpoint because I'm just so comfortable at home with Haley and the dogs and the world championships were going on. Uh, I said hello to a few people, and I, I wanted to participate in the entire event, but, man, I, I just <laughs> my skin starts crawling because I just feel a lot of pressure to talk to everybody, and I just kind of uh, crawl into my shell again. I don't know. It's a hard thing to explain, but that, that's just me being honest with you guys. No bullshit. Like, uh, I can relate with that. I, I can barely keep a conversation with you, and I've known you for years. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, though, because, I, you know, it's like I've been to so many events. I mean, I've been doing this since I was 16, and, you know, shit didn't really start popping off for me until I was, like, 18, 19, early 20s with Optic and everything. But it's just never gotten really any easier. I, I don't like going to cons. I don't like going to the big E3s, all this. It's just too much. Like, it's just fucking uh, system overload. There's just so many, uh, what do you call it? sensations yes there's sensory just, overload oh brother my anxiety just skyrockets which i don't <laughs> glizzy overdrive yeah the glizzy <laughs> yeah that, is, that guy's hilarious that guy is hilarious but i also, felt myself like, going into glizzy overdrive i had to get out of there before it got triggered <laughs> but knowing you it's also like you you want to have genuine connections or like genuine conversations with people and, it, and you just can't when there's 
literally 500 people <laughs> standing in line to talk to you, right? Then it it just takes off some of that uh, authentic authentic connection that you have with people, right? So, uh, yeah, I get that. I, I do not envy your position. Thankfully, uh, almost no one recognizes me or want to have a conversation with me if they do. They don't like the milkman. <laughs> Not the most popular boat in the harbor. Bro, uh, even Haley signed a backpack, took some photos. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, we got to. I took a couple pics too. Did you? <laughs> wow, Joe. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm, hey, I'm, like hey, I'm not that. I'm not the guy, but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Turn me up. You just have like such an inviting face. Thanks. Yeah, you just, like <laughs> you're just so genuinely positive and happy to look at. It's hard to be in a bad mood if you just lock eyes with you. I, you know, hey, like, hey, 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 we can't be handing out all these compliments on this podcast. Jacob, you got AC, you got AC in your place. I got AC in bed, baby. Come on through. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> the butterhole is ready. <laughs> Milk me up, baby. <laughs> uh, there's like it was funny though. There was uh. one. There was one. <laughs> <laughs> Let the boys play. Um, <laughs> there was one kid though. He's like eighteen. He's like, "Oh, dude, like I loved, I love your blue juice takes." I'm like, "You're not, you're not taking them, are you? <laughs> you're not taking them yet, right?" He's like, "Oh no, no." I'm like, "All right, good. <laughs> Don't be taking ED." How old but. was he? He's like 18, 19. Yeah, brother. Keep the blue chews for the thirty year olds, dude. Yeah, we need that's a we need that supply, supply and demand. <laughs> simple, simple equation: supply and demand. Yeah. Business ethics. Business. All right, well, we've been going for a while. It's 942. It's probably like a two-hour podcast. The five. Okay, that's not to, not to joke about the situation, but five guard players like respond on Twitter. Like, Lee, I challenge you to an academic decathlon for re-entry. One-on-one, mano-a-mano. Sorry, Billy Madison take. Whatever. That's Billy Madison? No way, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, crazy, right? You guys are like the, the guys from suit, Suits, Javi and uh, What's-His-Face. Just constantly throwing movie quotes out that no one else gets. No, no, no. He does the movie quotes. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm not even kidding. I think it's in his everyday agenda to quote Billy Madison once a day. <laughs> it's just... I haven't even seen it. Look, there you go. All right, we're not fucking with the Milkman no more. No. Nah. Billy, I think you it's the seen only too many butter holes. It's the only Adam Bro, I'll tell you watched. what. I'm about to go to the fucking U.S. Department of Homeland Security and tell them <laughs> that this man's trying to get a green card, and but he hasn't seen like the most American Adam Sandler movie of all time. I'm sure, Brother, tax that's evasion more would important be, uh... than knowing what happened in 1776. <laughs> sure, tax evasion would be a reason for deportation. But... Fuck the Constitution, bro. Billy Madison needs to be in there. But... I'll, I'll watch it. I'll come over prior to 8:30. Seriously. Back to school. All right, guys. Well, uh, you know what? If there's anything that I've learned about talking about serious topics on this podcast is maybe we should gently roll into them over time because for the last two episodes, I was just so excited to get into the heavy shit right away, but we really started warming up halfway through. And to be honest with you, I wish we would have talked about Leo, the guard, and Riot, and Valorant. We can revisit it and edit it in if you want. Should we redo it? <laughs> I'm down. Uh, let the boys play. That's all I'm saying. All right? Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We know we hit you with a lot. Juvie, Peachy Mango Puff, Hunter Thieves, High Ground, 
DBZ Apparel. We did the block party. That was awesome. Juvie Canada, number oh, one yeah. energy drink, first day launch. Oh, that was just Canada. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, Canada, our home and native land. True. I don't know. That 70s show. Shout out, Canada. Shout out, album. Canada. All right, guys. That's enough. Uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Shout out to Jacob for coming on. Uh, he was very rational and logical throughout this Sorry entire podcast. Charity. Shout out to Malk, man. All right. We hope you guys have a great day. And Twitch TV, YouTube, V, fucking YouTube, fucking Spotify, all the things. I Apple. hope you guys have a good one. I said that three times now. See you later. Goodbye.